This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Brought to you by Canada Post. Head to canadapost.ca forward slash insight podcast for ideas to add value to your marketing. All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Jam. I am thrilled and excited as we have a special, uh, as they say uh, when you would go to concerts, encore episode. As uh, Ollie has not only been on our show twice before, he was in one of the very first ever episodes of Marketing Jam. He came on again, uh, interviewed by Shahid, and so this is his third time on the show. So, Ollie, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. No, it's, uh, it's great. And I think not only because you're right here in our backyard here in Vancouver, uh, but you always have something interesting to say. You always have something kind of, uh, you always have the intelligent uh, kind of filter that you put on marketing today, which I think is, uh, I think, awesome and necessary. And you have a way to make it actually digestible, which I, I'm very thankful for. Well, no pressure. Hopefully I'm, I, I sound exactly like that today. So, uh, Ollie, why don't we start with your origin story? How did you get into the work that you're doing today? Sure. Um, well, I became a marketer the first day we started Unbounced through necessity. But if we rewind, when I started, I guess, 23 years ago, I guess my career, I started as a pretty hardcore back-end developer. Then I got into that by mistake. I was horribly misled by a guidance counselor at school. So I went down this horrible, awful path. But I have technical skills now, which is awesome for a marketer. Uh, then I kind of progressed to back-end web, front-end web. Uh, interaction design, usability, creative director, and then when we started Unbounce, you know, we had six co-founders and we needed someone to do marketing. Uh, I'd also spent some time as a writer between the last job I had and Unbounce, so I'd kind of got all those skills, so it made it sen- sense for me to, you know, I made the website, designed it, wrote all the copy, set up all of our channels, and... You know, I, I kind of actually, way back, there was this massive blog post and infographic I did called The Noob Guide to Marketing, which was this, is basically me telling a self-referential journey as I learned to be a marketer in six months. So it was kind of a cool exercise. That, that's amazing. And, and Unbounce, those that are unfamiliar with it, kind of give a gist of what, what is Unbounce and what do you guys provide? Yeah, it's a landing page and conversion platform. So landing pages has always been our core. Uh, we have some other features like pop-ups and sticky bars, but really now we're taking that and we're adding in a layer. I mean, you talk about intelligence, we're adding in a layer we call conversion intelligence to accelerate our platform and uh, and kind of augment the skills people have as a marketer with AI and machine learning to kind of bring this conversion intelligence thing together. And when you say landing page, how do you differentiate yeah. between a landing page and say a website that most people are used to that that language? Yeah. Um, well, a website, everyone knows what that is. A landing page is typically a marketing campaign specific web page. Yeah. So if you're running any campaigns like you're doing PPC, social email marketing, and you need a destination for that, then you go to a landing page. It's a dedicated page just for that campaign. So because if you sent your traffic to your the homepage of your website from an ad, typically there's a bit of a disconnect. It's not as tight a match and people can just wander off and do what you don't want them to do. Whereas a focused, dedicated landing page, you had to put in the time, the copy, everything to match the idea of what your campaign is. And it's just a much more powerful way of connecting. What, what if someone says, I got a website and I, why should I ignore my website and start making new little islands versus focusing on the, the continent, so to say? 
Yeah, um, well, you're not ignoring it because they're for different purposes. Think of it as your website is for organic traffic. It's for people to who are looking for something to come there and it has the full suite of everything you represent. So they're in that kind of exploratory mode and you know they want the homepage for the value prop and then they can dig deeper. But if you're running a very, if you're doing brand campaigns on paid ads, for example, you might want to push that to the homepage of your website. I would kind of compare the two, a landing page about that and a website if that's generic brand. But if you're doing something specific like for a feature or for a promo you're running, if you want to run a, uh, an ad about a promo, like Black Friday, whatever, you may not have the time or the permission to update the homepage of your website, in which case you can offer this great offer and then they click through and it just isn't there. So they're going to leave. So that's costing you money and it's wasting their time. So, yeah, it's a speed thing uh, as much as anything. And the difference between someone saying, okay, I've, uh, you know, I can't touch the continent. You know, maybe it's a, a two-month approval process in my large yeah. organization. So I'm going to make these little islands for conversion. Uh, what's the data or what's the benefit of going towards Unbalanced versus like throwing up a Wix page or a Squarespace or someone thing in GeoCities, if someone can find that still. <laughs> where, where is GeoCities, by the way? Where, what happened to those guys? I have no idea. <laughs> I want to track I... that down. I want to know yeah, where they are I right now. Yeah, I was talking to me about it last year, and I forget. But I mean, I would say if you have a GeoCities account, then just go for that. It's going to be yeah, a thanks. horrible experience, but just do it just for the throwback fun of it. Um, but yeah, th those other platforms are typically for putting a website up quickly. They're not for designing a marketing-specific experience. And because of that, they're not going to have the marketing-specific traffic. They're not going to have the marketing-specific functionality like A-B testing or our new smart traffic feature. So they're not designed for optimization. They're just not designed for a marketing purpose. So tell me more about the, the smart tracking and the new intelligence that someone gets from you guys. Yeah, well, smart traffic is basically, historically, if you want to do optimization, you run an A-B test. That's the thing people have been doing for years where you have two variants of your page and you run traffic at them and you see which one performs best. There are two problems with that. First, uh, it requires a lot of knowledge to really come up with this other variant and there are a lot of research that has to go into how you create another variant to figure out the customer's problems and you still need to do that. But um, you need a lot of traffic to run an A-B test because to be statistically significant where you can be confident that this one actually does perform better, you have to run it for like three to six weeks. You need a lot of traffic. And if you're a small business or someone getting started, you don't have a lot of traffic. And if you're sending paid traffic to it, you definitely don't have a lot of traffic. So if you're an e-commerce website and you're testing your website, that's fine. You have a ton of traffic. But for a landing page, uh, so A-B testing is slow for that reason. And it's also lossy by definition. Lossy by I mean like some people will, at the end of a test, you pick a winner. So you throw the other one away, essentially. So anyone who would have only converted on the other one, you're saying, I'm not interested in you anymore. This one was a slightly better page. Smart traffic, basically, you create a series of variants, and it will automatically send people to the place they're most likely to, con to convert. And that's where our artificial intelligence, our machine learning algorithm comes in, because it looks at where they're coming from, the time of day, the location, the device they're looking at. Wow. And it figures that so that it's, and it's so much faster than A-B testing because you're not waiting for an end. It yeah. learns very, it learns in as small as 50 visitors, right? So it's, I'm just going to get rid of that. Um, so it's really fast. And what you, and because it's optimizing, it puts people exactly where they should go. 
you're not throwing anyway lost conversions. You don't choose a winner and throw everything else away. You just keep pushing the traffic to this. Yeah. You, you never send, you know, you, you're not uh, losing these conversions. You get them all essentially, or at least, you know, our customers are getting between 20 and 30% more conversions just by turning this on. Wow, and it, uh, when did this feature launch? Is this a newer? Because I know for ages, it, Unbounce was known for the A/B testing. You know, was, yeah, you were, the, the, the words would change on the site compared to the ad you're running. Like it was, mm -hmm. you were the first to do it. It was so exciting. It was. I, it came out in I think April. We came uh, full launch, mm -hmm. um, so it's been there for a few months. We had a, an open and closed beta and a lot of stuff before then, where we were yeah. doing a lot of testing of the feature, but. Uh, yeah. It's fantastic. You still need to create variants, yeah. but then you just kind of, you say, I want to turn on smart traffic versus A-B testing, and it just optimizes for you. So that's the conversion intelligence part. It's, it's taking your knowledge, your best practices, the things you know as a marketer, and it's wrapping this layer of the things we can never figure out on top of that so you get the best possible experience. So kind of scenario, uh, I set one up, say it's a, I'm a higher ed university conversion page. I build it within a week. I could give intelligent data back to my team, saying this is um, the type of person that loves certain types of pages. So we're in kind of phase one right now. So it yeah. will do the job for you, and it will get you the higher conversions. Yeah. The next layer uh, to put in the product will be what those actual conversion insights are. So it will build the audiences and show you that these people from here, or this time, what, or people are using. Um, Chrome on an iPhone yep. prefer this one, right? So in the beginning, the first thing it will do is it will optimize this for you and you can just kind of set it, forget it. But we know that marketers want to see behind the curtain. Yeah. Uh, so we're working on that so we can surface those insights because then you'll be able to iterate on your other variants more quickly and you'll also understand your audiences better so you can make similar changes to your other landing pages or your website or whatever, you'll just get a deeper understanding. And that's our mission to kind of continually bring more of these insights that you couldn't normally have. That's incredible. So depending on what door they walk in, let's say, I mean, whether it's a desktop or a mobile, Chrome or Safari, um, you know, you're able to tell what type of person they are essentially. You're making assumptions, but intelligent assumptions. Yeah, it's based on our machine learning algorithm. So it learns, because this has been run this algorithm has been designed and it's been simulated on billions of uh, billions and billions of examples in our yeah. simulations. It's very quick to learn once it's running on your pages. So, you know, like 50 visits, like I said, so it can be working on your behalf within 10 minutes, if, depending on how much traffic you get. And essentially, like give it six months or a year, if, if someone does this, it could also inform how to better maybe make their website, like their master website, let's call it the parent site, because yep. they now learn that desktop users prefer this type of site, or mobile prefers this. Yeah, exactly. And if you see that, and then you can pair that with your analytics. You can look in Google Analytics and, and see, okay, well, what's not performing very well are is Safari for an older demographic on an Android device. Well, it wouldn't be Safari on an Android device. If you see that, you're analytics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can then do investigations. That might be a signal that something is technically broken, yeah. right? It's not running correctly or rendering correctly on that browser, that device. So that can give you insights that can help fix broken uh, or, analytics or broken you know, setups. Or if someone comes from Bing on a desktop, you could yeah. um, triple the font size. 
could you do something like that, or is it more it just changes the site? You, you could give them the site that's kind of easy to read. Exactly, yeah. Once you once we're able to surface insights as to why, then you'll be able to start making those changes. Yeah, because exactly, if if it if a certain demographic, they only you know say an older demographic, they may think about my mother. They yeah. may just use tablets. Yes. Right, and they may have poor eyesight. So things exactly what you just said are the things that you need. I mean, some people are going to have everything pumped up really big anyway, but sometimes it won't render correctly. So having those insights is invaluable. So here's a question. Have you seen a scenario yet where a company or a, someone launches a product, doesn't even get a website, but they, they do the whole company on unbounced landing pages? Yeah, we've had people do it. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it um, because it's not set up for that. You know, necessarily, it's you know we're we're not like a platform like WordPress where you can have all of these plugins to extend the the functionality and things like that. But people have done. We've had entrepreneurs do that if they want to spin up a site really quickly and have you know proper marketing analytics in there and have full control because they're doing it themselves. Uh, then yeah, it's a great MVP way to start um, if you don't want to go down <laughs> this massive rabbit hole of setting up WordPress or whatever. I use WordPress. WordPress is amazing, but it's a lot harder than you think when you dig into it. Yeah. So what's a, what's a brand maybe or a company you're following right now that you're like, man, they're doing some really cool stuff marketing-wise that you're like, you got to check these guys out? Uh, I'm going to sound like a narcissist. Uh, <laughs> I don't pay a lot of attention sometimes. You know, I'll, I'll go through waves. Uh, typically, you know, because I've spent the last six years as a public speaker traveling the world. Yeah. I don't, that that job doesn't exist currently, so I'm paying less attention to what other people are doing currently. Yeah. Just as a result of that, because usually I'm exploring everyone's marketing, finding yeah. good, bad examples. Yeah. But right now I'm not doing it. I'm just, it's more kind of internal yeah. uh, stuff, and, and we're watching what's happening with our new crazy existence and thinking how we can change our strategy, how we can. Um, augment our strategy and how we can yeah. think about helping other brands and agencies be more successful given uh, what we know. I mean, we've always tried to be like a bit of a SaaS leader. So mm. we we have a lot of experience in that, obviously, and we like to share our knowledge and things we learn. So we, you know, we want to help other SaaS companies deal with changes right now. We want to help agencies um, identify what different and new opportunities are right now and how they need to change some of their uh, business models to deal with that. Yeah, and, and on that, what, what's maybe some advice that you're seeing for agencies right now that are listening to the show and, and, and marketers? Um, well, on the the agency side, I mean, the range of offerings you have is going to be different now. Uh, it's not necessarily just going to be brands coming to you that want to run a new campaign or they've got this new strategy or a new website they want rebuilt. It's different people. You have to rework your customer personas because the majority of new people coming, a lot of them coming to you now are going to be offline businesses that have been forced to go online, either for communications purposes. And honestly, we were terrified when this hit that it was going to crush our business. And it did the opposite. Our numbers went up, which I'm incredibly thankful for because we have 200 people on our team. And, you know, the worst case scenario, it could be heartbreaking. It's affected so many people. We were really fortunate. Um, so 
we have to think about how we can help those people because they've got experience running those types of business. They're not digital marketers. They don't know how yeah. to do. So we have to reset some of our expectations. We have to remember uh, first principles, the best practices that helped us when we began as digital marketers. And we have to help them understand that because they're not a student coming out of university who's learning about digital marketing. Yeah. That's never been their need. Yeah. So we need to observe that change and figure out how to help them. I mean, this is a fantastic time for entrepreneurs because there are yeah. so many new problems. And we're lucky in BC and Vancouver because COVID is way down and you know we're in phase three of opening up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been in some restaurants recently and you can see the change in the technology. There's no uh, menus anymore. No. There's a QR code on your table. You scan that, you get the menu. I was at, where was I? Uh, Cactus Club, I think. And the menu was way better than it was normally because it had pictures. It was like Denny's. <laughs> yes. It had photos. And, so these things are changing. And com- uh, companies, businesses, people in other countries where it's worse, like the US or places that haven't opened up, they need to research this, see what's happening, get ahead of it. Because if you're about to open up or whatever and you don't know that there's a new way of doing this and you've still got your paper or plastic menus that you've got to sanitize 50 times a minute, then you need to know there's a better way. And so it's an agency's responsibility and us as marketers who do education content, it's yeah. their job to onboard, have new, have new packages for, for customers and onboard them properly with all of these things they need. Uh, how to do communications now and the platforms to use for that and is great for that you know spin a page quickly with your comms um, but how they get all the the apps and the tech they need to make their business function better mm. um, you know we just have to change the way we think that's a generic statement but what I'm also mm-hmm. seeing here is Vancouver is famous for having no patio space yeah. <laughs> you know it's terrible it's culturally stunted in that regard like Montreal has always been amazing because yeah. every street is lined with an outdoor space for every indoor space now on Main Street where I live you walk up and down they're, they're replicating that so because mass the occupancy is 50% or less at best they've put all these outdoor spaces out on the street which is helping save the business because they can see more people. And it's also creating a cultural improvement in the city. So there's a lot of opportunity if we recognize what's going on and we observe the people who are doing it well. So I guess what brands, well, I'm more looking around at the brick and mortar and seeing who's doing a good job there. That's fascinating. And speaking of being in Vancouver and created and founded in Vancouver, uh, what's it been like being a Canadian company made in Vancouver? How has that kind of positioned you in the marketing world as far as your your place in the globe? Um, I think uh, I really like it from the perspective of, well, it was annoying in the beginning because everyone would hit you up on LinkedIn and say, hey, do you want to go for a beer down at the pier or whatever and list some San Francisco restaurant? I'm like, dude. <laughs> you're on LinkedIn right now well, look at my address yeah. but uh, they just assume start up in the valley Yeah. but it's nice up here because there's a bit more of a I would say considered approach to growth mm. it's not the crazy VC land where they throw money at 50 startups hoping one becomes a unicorn and you're told to spend, spend, spend we grew you know like this last decade we raised less than a million Canadian dollars we just raised around a few months ago, which is crazy. We raised 53 million Canadian during a pandemic and a global recession. 
which is mind-blowing. Uh, and that's put a big injection of cash into the company, which is helping us accelerate this conversion intelligence. It also means we've got like 20 open positions right now, which is great. You know, we're hiring, getting people in. So yeah. it's, uh, it's fantastic. That's amazing. And for you, as a, a B2B company, what are you finding kind of the, the biggest kind of successes or wins, kind of getting the word out there, or connecting with whether it's agencies or directly to businesses? Um, honestly, a lot of it lately, I mean, we're, we're changing a lot of our content to yeah. speak to businesses who have this problem. Yeah. Um, but on the other side of that, people are just finding us because, you know, through our advertising and the things we do, because there's this massive wave of people needing it. And, you know, Shopify was lucky. We were lucky. I was going to say fortunate, not lucky, but um, businesses, like, obviously, this is on Skype, Zoom, the, all yeah. these bit platforms have skyrocketed because, you know, it's, it's virtual now. And we need to think about, okay, I need to redefine my personas. Susie and Jim are not sitting in the marketing department mm -hmm. at work with a dog that runs around and free ice cream. They're yeah. at home in, a, in their bedroom or basement with a screaming baby yeah. and a barking dog unable to get outside. And so we need to think about how we make their life better there. It's a very yeah. different working environment than that we're used to thinking about them existing in. Yeah. Uh, not to mention, if you're an extrovert and you've been stuck indoors for months, you're probably going crazy yeah. for not being able to be around groups of people. So. Yeah. Another thing to consider when we're talking to customers and new customers. Yeah. So speaking of groups of people, you uh, famously every year would host a conference, CTA. Uh, yeah. Tell us a bit about that and, and the future of that and what, what you guys are talking about when it comes to conferences. And you as a speaker, what, what are you thinking about when it comes to like large scale events? Yeah, it's, uh, it was so sad to have to cancel that. Oh, postpone. We're going to put it on current thinking is in... May, April and May, I think it's April. Um, and we've been looking at alternatives to do this fall. Uh, we looked at, you know, doing virtual events. Um, and we're going to do something, but we sat down and we were very strict with ourselves. And it wasn't like, we have to do a virtual event like everybody else because we can't put on an in-person event. But then we sat back and went, that's not the right reason to do it. The right reason to do it is if we can do something as amazing in a different format yeah. so we've been brainstorming that like crazy uh with lots of diverse perspectives from the team to try and come up with something and i think they've they've come up with something really that's going to be really exciting i think i don't have much right. to share about that honestly because yeah. it's just in the early phases and i, I don't want to talk i don't wanna speak for them yeah. yes yes uh but you know it's <laughs> one thing that's been good is that i don't have to because usually once a year, I'll come up with a new talk and then I travel with that yes. talk. And it's usually a new marketing concept, a new theory, a new process for how I work and how I think other people could be more successful. And that's exhausting. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the, the pressure definitely went down a notch when I stopped being, um, you know, traveling as a speaker. Yeah. I'm not so much into the you know, the, uh, the virtual conference, I'll do yeah. some of them, but I get my energy from the people yes, uh, yes. and being, you know, and they get a better experience when I'm oh, feeling yeah. that energy. So it yes. just goes like that, you know, so I, you're, I mean, when I'm doing a virtual thing, I try to make it different. You know, I'll have a, 
I'll have picture in picture like this, so I can. Stand. I have a, like a wireless headset mic, yeah. like Janet Jackson. Yeah. Or nice. So I'll make sure that I'm standing up to make sure I've got not just in my underwear here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm standing up. I'm using a clicker. I'm gesticulating. Yeah. You know, and I'm. I've got the full energy because I'm walking around, and that's a much better way to run a virtual yeah. event, I think. But yeah. No, I did, uh, was it 10 virtual events last month, uh, just to experience wow. and, and, and to kind of, whatever I call it, secret shop or to experience it. Mm -hmm. but I went to one, put on a guy named Mike Morrison out of Calgary. It's called Social okay. West, typically. He converted it, called Social at Home. Um, but the coolest thing about it was I got this package uh, to my office uh, a few days before the event started, but it said, like, do not open until this date. Like, it was pretty, like, amazing. Like, it was kind of <laughs> felt somewhat special. And then the day of, I was able to open it, and there was, like, socks and notepads. Um, and then there was these three envelopes that I could only open at certain points in the day. So it actually gave me like something to anticipate and we were opening packages right. together. Um, and then they did, uh, you know, kind of like the, what do you call it, mingle time, networking time. But it was this yeah. tool called Hop In that forced you into a one-on-one -on -one relationship like this. So you and I were then like, okay. hey, it's network time. And then you and I were, and you were like, hey, I'm Ollie. And I'm like, I'm Tyrion. And it's like, hey. Da, da, da. And then you're like, okay, that was great. I'm gonna go to the next one, and then you click it. So it's like speed you, dating. Yeah, it, it was amazing. So like, <laughs> all the extroverts and introverts loved it because you got this one-on-one -on -one conversation, and introverts right. got to have this nice one-on-one -on -one conversation without having to feel like they had to talk to everyone. Right. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was. It was a good experience. Again, this horrible experience has made people innovate. Yeah. In we've we've not had as big a need to innovate in yeah. I don't know how long um, yeah. innovation always happens, but not always based on an absolute requirement for everybody. Yeah. So it's you know uh, it's I think we'll see. And obviously, this virus is saving the planet in the, <laughs> the lack of pollution, but mm -hmm. uh, it's terrifying. It's horrible. This has had to happen, yeah. but at least we can look to the positive change that's occurring um, and entrepreneurs have such a place to play in that. Totally. So Ali, um, people have a little bit more time in their hands to, to listen, read, consume. Uh, what would you encourage someone if they've got a little bit extra time as far as like podcasts or e-newsletter or book to pick up, maybe an audio book, what would you recommend for someone to consume? <laughs> yeah, this probably, goes, sorry, this probably goes back to my first answer about, the, about which brands are doing good things. Um, my apps typically are the same ones I've used for the last five years. Nothing really new on here. Um, I read the first 10 pages of every book I buy. I, yeah. I, more successful at buying books than I reading them. Yeah. Uh, podcasts, my wife Nicole listens to an awful lot of those. So I, yes. I hear some of those. Typically, it's either... Um, oh, what is it? I forget what they're called now. So that's not useful. Maybe... <laughs> I'm like, my wife, my wife loves podcasts and I often walk in and she's listening to like This American Life or stuff you should know or, you know, yeah, different history know. ones. Yeah. Um, I, but I, I like the, I like comedy, you know, I listen yeah. to Bill Burr, which is not for anyone yeah. who's offended by bad language. Yeah. But it's funny. I, you know, I think it's nice to have that comic relief. Yeah. Especially yeah. now. Um, but my... My brain bending comes from inventing things, making things, building yeah. things. I build a lot of furniture. I, you know, I use a lot of black steel pipe, mm -hmm. industrial furniture. Yeah. And I love that because it's Lego for adults. 
you know, I have, and then it's, it's, it's basically prototyping, which yeah. helps me think about marketing as well. You know, I need to build this thing. Okay. Does that work? No. And then you make something functional, beautiful. And that's kind of how I ideate or yeah. that's how I clear my mind really is yeah. by building things. It helps me kind of free up my thoughts a little bit. That's awesome. That's, that's very, very cool. Um, Unbounce, what, what's coming out in the future? What should someone do if someone's like, hey, I want to check this out, I want to go onto the site, where, where should they go and what should they do kind of for a first-timer? Yeah, I mean, obviously, speaking of landing pages, but just go to, go to our website, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think the most exciting currently is the beginning of the conversion intelligence. Like, smart yes. traffic legitimately is a game-changer. Mm-hmm. It's not just hype to say that is legitimately different than anything's ever happened before. Mm-hmm. So that's something to check out. Um, pay attention to our blog currently. If you are a small business going through this kind of change yeah. uh, and also something else we're going through, and I think we're talking about this in some of our content, something that marketers and marketing companies and brands have to start doing is thinking, yeah. you, you know, focusing more on diversity and inclusion and yeah. Because something we're doing, if we did recently, so I just want to get this right. Um, so if you're currently, if you're in healthcare, education, nonprofit, government, uh, we give you Unbalanced for free. Anyone who is uh, using, uh, any organization whose primary mission is to advance racial justice, we'll give yeah. it for free because we want to empower people who need it the most right now. Yeah. We don't want to charge people for something like that. Uh, and, and we're making a lot of language changes. And I think other, I encourage people to do this too. This terms that companies use, software companies, SaaS, all this, two that come to mind, grandfathering. Everybody mm-hmm. used to say that for, oh, we're changing our price and we'll grandfather the old ones in. Most people don't know the history of that, which was about, you know, white dominated state legislatures in, legislatures in like the early 1900s or 1890 who create a system basically that's what it was called which prevented african-americans from voting so that's the history of that term so we have to go back and look at these things and undo them and remove them master slave is a term used in software development for the last 50 years it's about a device controlling other devices processes right and we have to re-examine the things we're saying out loud like that because we can't you can't be a responsible, inclusive workplace if those terms exist anywhere in your operations. Mm. So yeah, that's something we're focusing on a lot. Wow, I had the uh, privilege of being on the judging panel for BC Business's Business for Good Awards this last year, and you guys were one of the um, submissions, and it was, it was inspiring to read all the things that you guys are doing. I, I know the article, the, the feature, uh, about you couldn't cover everything that you guys do, but it was, it was pages and pages of, intentional decisions that you guys have made as a company to to be good internally most of which no one will ever see externally but it's the little decisions you guys are making as a company which is so inspiring so yeah and we have a great great team working on that yeah thank you and thanks to the team because they are fantastic yeah no ollie this was awesome any kind of last parting words to marketers and agencies out there small business owners Uh do better. <laughs> Think about what you can do to be nice to people right now. If you have a social account, start following and amplifying voices of people who you haven't. Look at, look at who you follow in your social accounts and see, yeah. see how generic it might look and start getting a little bit more thoughtful and considerate about the people you follow and amplify. That's awesome. Well, everyone, this is Ollie Gardner. 
Uh, Unbounce, privileged to have you on again. Thank you so much, Ali. Thank you. Third time's a charm. Thanks, everyone, for joining us this week on Marketing Jam. If you want to listen to Ali's previous episodes, you can go to the very first ever Marketing Jam episode from four years ago. Uh, And you can also go to another episode two years ago with Shahid, uh, who is an incredible interviewer, much better than me. So uh, you'll enjoy that episode. Uh, And otherwise, we'll see you next week on The Jam. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again and see you next time. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.